theyeshiva.net. We began the Maimer from the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, known as Echaltsu Tafresh Nuntas, the Maimer of Echaltsu that was said in the year Tafresh Nuntas, 1898. And um, we're up to Seif Hay. Seif Hay is chapter 5 of the Maimer. In the copies, it's page Reish Chav Ches. Adank, thank you for looking. In the middle of the page, Baze Yuvan. So, just the, the summation, Mamish, of what we learned last time. When Chazal speak about hatred between people, they often use the term Sinas Chinam, which means baseless hatred. Sinna that's Chinam, it's, it's in vain. It sounds like it's not. There's no reason for it, and the obvious question is: So why you hate? <laughs> if it doesn't do anything for me, why would I hate? Just lishma, shame <laughs> shemayim, just to hate for the sake of hating. Like it has to give me something. But they use this term. They want to bring out something. So the main point that was explained was that actually these, this term captures a fundamental and painful truth about a person's life. And that is, sometimes there is a hatred that comes because of a specific reason. For example, you hurt me, you threatened me, you damaged me, whatever form that took. He says there's another sinner that even though a person will find reasons and justifications and explanations and rationalizations, but they ultimately come afterwards. And therefore the sinner is called a sinner's chinam, because all the reasons that are there are really just confirmations or justifications or rationalizations for the hatred. So what then is the cause of it? He says this already has to do with something inside me, inside the person. It's not about what you did or what you didn't do, what you said or what you didn't say. This is something that's coming from inside the person themselves. And what is it? So the, the, to use the terminology, what it is is there's something called yeshes versus something called bitl. Yeshes means, literally means somethingness. Bitl means nothingness. But you have to explain very well what that means, because it could sound the opposite of what it is. Yeshus really means that a person in their deep, deep space experiences themselves as separate from the source, separate from infinity, and therefore they need to become self-contained and need to create a somethingness that substitutes their true self. So the ultimate yeshus, the ultimate ego, comes because of the fact that the person does not, uh, is not aware in an experiential way. I'm not now talking about uh, intellectually, you could say a lot of things, but I'm talking about viscerally, how you really experience yourself. You know, you could talk and talk and explain things, but as you know, the body... <laughs> It's about my nervous system and my impulses and my sensations and my feelings and my internal experiences. It's not just a sheer a lecture in a cerebral way. So a person can hear these words, but we're talking about it permeates me, it, penetra- it penetrates me. You know, hadden and deadheaden, as they say in Yiddish. The hadden is the deadheaden. So there's the person, they experience themselves as bitl. What's pshat bitl? That the person understands that their very identity is an extension and part and parcel and a manifestation of Hashem. And therefore, the very eye of the person is connected to the entire world and connected to all of reality and connected to the core of reality, which is the Rebbeinu Shalom Hashem. So the eye of the person is really a much more powerful eye because of the bitl, because bitl means that I'm not separate, I'm not broken, I'm not detached, I'm not lonely, I'm not isolated, but actually I'm attached, I'm connected. And therefore I could connect to people in a very deep place as well. Because in that place there's space, there's space for, for, for all. On the contrary, 
everyone is an indispensable part and an indispensable note in the in the cosmic divine symphony. Or in the words of the Mishnah, every person is a Bishvili Nivra There's something at stake in my existence which the entire world needs. What's the condition of Yeshus? Condition of Yeshus is I have to protect something that's very fragile. What is it? It doesn't really exist. When, whenever you have to protect something that doesn't exist, it becomes very difficult. <laughs> because you're trying to protect something that doesn't really exist. So you have to create, create fake protections. <clears throat> they say that Winston Churchill once said about the, during the Second World War, that during a time of war, the truth is so precious, it has to be protected by bodyguard of lies. <laughs> the truth is so precious, it has to be protected by a bodyguard of lies. <clears throat> when this truth, the truth of who a person is, is hidden, it's not, it's not revealed, it's not manifested. So then, the human being needs to replace that with a false ego, which is called yeshus, a sense that I am, I am something, in order to be able to feel my validation. When I don't experience real love, I have to substitute it with looking for a type of validation that will make me fill that void, that will help me fill that void and compensate for that inner, inner, inner sense of inadequacy. And this exists on many, many levels. In other words, you know, somebody wrote to me uh, yesterday, two days ago. I spoke a lot about trauma in the last year, right? About that concept. Not the word trauma, but the word also, but the concept of, of what happens to people. But the truth is, what happens to people is already the step two. The very birth of the neshama coming into this world, yeah, we learn a lot about the tzimtzum. That, that, that is the greatest trauma. It's, it's the sense of separateness. You become se- in, in, your, in your mind, you can become separate. Now, a lot of things play out afterwards. <laughs> trauma, betech, trauma, betech, trauma, betech, trauma. That already depends on everybody's, you know, circumstances of life. You know, how many, how many times was my heart shattered by the time I was six years old? <laughs> how many times was your heart broken by the time you were six or seven or eight. That's kol chadafim shurudaleh, every person where they are. But the nekudah here is that the great ego that we talk about is the ego that comes from a sense of detachment, aloneness. And therefore I have to hold on to this uh, uptight sense of self to compensate for that. And I may not even know I'm doing it, but I'm in that space. And therefore he says, the hatred that happens is, I simply I cannot be in a real relationship with somebody because it's too threatening for me. It's not what you did, it's not what you said. I'm going to find excuses. It's the very existence of a relationship is very, very difficult. I need to hide, I need to be in isolation. For me, it's a survival, it's a survival skill, it's a coping mechanism. So in that sense, the sinna is completely an internal, an internal condition in me, and it's really chinam. It's a pity. Because you don't have to live in that space. You can live in an expansive space. You can live in a place of openness. You can live in a place of infinity. You can live in a place of oneness. A place of bittel rather than yashas. That was the main... Uh, and as somebody put it at the end of the shir, in a way, the word sinashinam in another context could be translated sometimes also as self-hate. As self-hate. Because, for, you know, v'hafta l'reacha kamoicha. Right? Love somebody like you love yourself. So it's not only love somebody like you love yourself. It's also, there has to be that kamaycha. But real yeshus means there's no true self-acceptance. The self-acceptance has to be created every moment through my arrogance, which comes from my insecurity. And therefore, the vahaftalarech is also very difficult. That was more or less the main point that we discussed with some more explanation and insight, you could watch the share again. It's all available for replay on the yeshiva.net. Also with the source sheets, by the way, the Maimer. Okay, let's go now further. Sif This explains, it says in, in Svarim of Kabbalah, from the Arizal, that Midian, we're all talking about Midian here, the Melcham of Midian, right? Midian means strife. 
says in Zoyar, Midian comes from the word Madoin, Miriva, strife, hatred. You have the seven nations, Knani, Chiti, Emoiri, Prizi, Chivi, Yivusi, Girgoshi. It says in, uh, in Sifri HaKabbalah that that's the seven Midas, seven Midas Rois, that the Jews have to conquer inside themselves. And it's manifested in the seven tribes also, but it starts inside yourself. The seven nations, V'charis, Imei, Abris, we say in the morning, Losses, Eretz, Aknani, Achitia, Meili, Prizim, Yivusim, Yagoshri, Losses, Lazare, that's the seven Midas in the person. Midian is not one of the seven, but it's called Nakem Nikmas Hashem, Losses, Nikmas Hashem, B'Midian. The only Melchama that's called on a Kama Fashem. So he says, because Midian is the source. It's the source of it. Because ultimately, all of the Midas come from a sense of isolation and brokenness. And that's rooted in the concept of Madin and Meriva, the discord, contention, which is rooted in Eilam where there's that inner sense of separateness. I'm, I, I'm really isolated. So this clip of Midian, it says in Kabbalah, is Menagid Lesvidas HaChachma. He says it, it's in opposition to the quality, to the characteristic, to the sphere known as the Isab Ma'ire'ir. One of the encyclopedic works of Kabbalah is called Ma'ire'ir. Ma'ire'ir was a sefer that was written by a man named Reb Meir Papirash. He was born a few decades after the Arizal passed away. He was a student of the students of the Arizal. And he learned by Reb Shmuel Vital, who was a son of Reb Chaim Vital, who was the Talmud of the Arizal, and he's the one who had all the writings of the Arizal. And the Ma'ire'ir, he dedicated his life to uh, edit and publish the works of the Arizal. And he himself wrote many, many svarim. One of them is called Ma'ireyar. And uh, over there, he goes through the olive base, like an encyclopedia, and he explains every word, you know, he'll go Eir and Avram and Adam, and explain it based on Kabbalah, so it's a foundational work in Nister. So Mareches Mem, in Mareches Mem is the entry of Mem, based on the Ksavim of the Arizal, Midyan Nikreas HaKlippel Kavil Abba. Midian is the clip of the shell that parallels, that opposes Zelikovel Zeh. It's Keneged, Lekovel in Aramaic. It's Keneged, Abba. Abba is the father. Father is a metaphor always for Chachma. There's the mother and there's the father. Abba and Ime, right? Chachma is the father. And, and Bin is called the mother, the mother. Because Chachma is like the seed. And Bin is the expansion of the seed, right? Chachma is like the epiphany, the insight, the seed of life. And then Bin is the mother who develops it. The seed pollinates the egg, and then she develops an embryo, and a vlad, and a fetus, all the way until it becomes, Be'ezer Hashem, a full-fledged child, and can give birth to the Midas. So it's a marshal of father and mother. So that's why he says, L'Kavolab, Atkan L'Shoyna. This is the exact language of Ma'iriyar. And again, this is from the Arizal. He says in the footnotes, it's from the Kutatayra of the Arizal. You have it in Sefer al of the Arizal. What's the connection to, why you say Midian is against Chachma, Chachma, say it's against Binus, say it's against Gvurach, man. It's not Stam Isis. He says, now you'll understand. Because Because the Nekudah of Chachma and all of the characteristics of a person and all of the spheres, Chachma the most represents the Nekudah of Bittl. What's Bittl? Bittl means openness to something that is beyond me where I become a manifestation of that reality. Bittl is the ultimate humility, the ultimate openness for a person to be a conduit for divine infinity. So for that, I have to open up my, uh, my ego and get out of my prison, like the muscle we gave last time with the shell, the shell of the egg. The shell of the egg protects the chick. But at some point, the shell has to, the egg has to crack. The shell has to crack open for the chick to see the light of the sun. And if not, what's going to happen? It's going to suffocate. The very chick it's trying to protect, it's going to suffocate it, Right? It's originally a marshal from the Alter Rebbe in a Maimir of Purim, we learned, that all Hashem created, when the way He created the world of botany is that every fruit, every vegetable, all grain, it has a clipper that protects it. If it wouldn't have it, it would not be able to survive through the climate, through the winter or through the summer. Every fruit, every vegetable, it has its own mechanism. Right? Sometimes it needs a very thick shell, sometimes it needs a, a, a thin shell, it's, it's incredible, but, uh, but everything has its own mechanism in order to be able to develop on the tree, it should become ripe, and you should be able to, to, to eat it. Whether it's the peel of a banana, or whether it's the peel of an orange, or it's the thin peel of the, of the apple, or of the grape, whatever it is, every painting. So the chick, the same is true in Balechayim, the egg protects it. And the chicken sits on the egg. And if you would crack the egg because you want to see the primi, is what's going to happen? 
the chick didn't even have a chance to, 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 to develop. In Meseches Pchoides, Davches, there's a debate between the Bishob and Chananya and the Sabi, the Be'asuna, right? The elders of Athens. It's a whole sugi in the beginning of Pchoides. So one of the questions they asked him is, <laughs> they were trying to prove the, the truth of Greek philosophy over Yiddishkeit. It's a very interesting sugya. So one of the questions they asked him is, when a chick dies inside the egg, where does the neshama go out from? <laughs> the neshama is trapped in the egg. Where does it go out from? And this was a victory against Judaism. It's, it's all riddles. So the Bishop Hananiah says, the same place, the same way through which it got in. <laughs> the same path that it used to get in, into the egg. The same path it uses to get out. The Danatzach, he won. He won the debate. You have to understand what it means over there, because obviously it, it, it's a symbol for something. So the Marsha's explanation is the Maral of Prague. This is from Reb Nachman, this is from the Vilna Gaon, a lot of the Kedusha Slavi, a lot of different explanations. But, uh, but the Nekuda is, the egg is very protective. It's Kavaldik. Until a certain point. Once it hits a certain point, what happens? Now it becomes a killer. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a paradox. The very thing that protected you, that you should be thankful to, now it's a Malachamavis. It, it suffocates the poor chicken to death. Faket, it has to break open. Not because it's insecure, because its whole tachlis was to, to raise the chick until it's ready to emerge and hatch and see the light of the sun and uh, enjoy its life like Rikhis Yavavashanam Taivas in the gardens and swamps of Munsi. So you have here the paradox exactly of what clip is. Sometimes it actually protects you, but when it protects you too much, there's nothing left. And that's exactly how Hashem made the world spiritually and psychologically as well. Right? You talk about the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, ego, Yetzirah, Klippa, all this. It has, it, it has a very special function. It's not a, it's not a waste. It's not evil essential. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's the shell of the egg. What often happens is it steps out of line and it substitutes. It substitutes life. And then I become a prison to that which was trying to protect me. And I don't even know about the me it was trying to protect. The poor chick is dead. And now the chick needs a life. So suddenly the shell of the egg is now responsible to create identity. That's sad. You understand how this works in a person's life? A person could live their whole life like that. So what do you mean? I live in a place of a clipping. I live, I live in a place of a shell. So you say he's a shell of a person. You ever heard that expression? Huh? A shalacht. <laughs> Shalacht is a shell. I guess the word shalacht comes from shell, I don't know. Or the other way around. Huh? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Very good. <laughs> That's the shayla, right? Klippe kadma lepri. It's an expression, klippe kadma lepri, because it was there for the pri. And the same is true in every person's life. When you look at all of the different shells that we have, if you go down to the depth, you'll see... It was there ultimately to serve and to protect. But with some form of dysfunction, with some form of brokenness that happened, it, it takes over. And I can never see the face of the sun. So what's the difference between bittel and yeshes? Bittel is that ability for the person to be able to see the face of the sun and open themselves up to be a channel for Hashem's light in this world. That's bittel. Like we say, when you're mavat in bittel and halacha is, you become part of that which you're bottled to. The separateness is nullified in the presence of infinity. Yeshua says, I'm going to hold on to that separateness, right? And I'm going to have to create a whole life based on it. And it's a life essentially of isolation. So chachma represents, in a person's characteristic, chachma represents the union of bittel. The zel inyan chachma, kayachma. We learned many times, it says in Zoyar, Chachma is two words, Koyach, Ma. What does Koyach, Ma mean? This is from Zoyar. Koyach, Ma is like Moshe Rabbeinu said, V'nachnu, Ma, what are we? It's the Koyach to say what. It's the real power of curiosity to say what, to wonder. In other words, the ability for transcendence. It's also the Koyach that you say, Ma, what is it? Because it's not defined by a particular identity. In Avodah Hashem, Chachma represents complete oneness, complete alignment with the light of infinity, blessed be He. 
And Chachma brings Bittl also into the Midas. The Midas are into a person's emotions and sensations and experiences. In Olam Hatikun versus Olam Atoyu. We spoke about Olam Hatikun versus Olam Atoyu. There's something called Shem Ma. Ma is Yud Kevavke spelled out. Yud Vav Dalad Hey Aleph Vav Aleph Vav Hey Aleph is 45. That's called Shem Ma in Kabbalah, the name of Hashem that spells out 45. It's also the gematria of Adam. Aleph Dalad Mem is Mem Hey. And that's Venachnu Ma. And that is Koyach Ma. If you don't understand all the terminology, it's fine. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of new stuff here. But you want to try it, we just want to get the Nekudah. V'ayin mashakasim ezeh ba'arichiz b'tayres chayim de'beramaschol b'reishiz drushabez. V'lechein p'chines chachma u'betachlus ha'eskalolus. And that's why chachma represents always eskalolus, integration. During the epiphany, the idea will always be cohesive in one, brief and short and concise. K'meshakasim b'makamachet al'p'mayim in azoya b'parashiz g'doshim. Al'pasek atem edai. It's explained elsewhere. The Zoya speaks about Hashem says, Atem Eida, you're my witnesses. Binyan is Havus, so Isis, Bepchinus is Chalkus, Shazawai de Amidis Dafka. Avamitzada Chachmein, Bepchinus is Chalkus, Boisis. In reality, there's the way the world becomes defined by letters, by stories, by words. So that happens at a later stage. In Chachma itself, there's no division yet in Isis. You see it also in a person. When you have that epiphany, that, that light bulb goes off, there's no oisius yet. There's a few, the oisius, what's, what's felt is more an idea. And that's why you can't write it or you can't say it yet. In Bina and later, in the Middest, there's a lot of oisius. Everything takes on forms of stories and letters. It's elaborate. In a state of chachma, it still yet didn't take on the forms of letters and paragraphs, and sentences, that happens later in Bina and then in the Midas, because over there it's all in a state still of more ain't soif, more infinity, doesn't have yet a concrete, a concrete form. This is not a contradiction to what's explained. That the beginning of division, of hischalkos, of fragmentation, is in Meichin and awareness, some places it's explained that the real achtos comes from something beyond Meichin. From the Ratzin Pashit, Yechidosh HaBenefesh, the desire that's beyond Tam Vedas, beyond rationale. Because once you hit the place of seichel, of meichen, of awareness, there's always division. The Gemara says, Ein de yesein shavas. People's opinions are not the same. In Brachas, and Sanhedrin, everyone has a different mindset. People are different the way you grasp something, the way I grasp something. The moment, even in Chachma, the moment you talk about Hasaga grasping, every person has their own mindset, their way of looking at the world, their own understanding. So the achtos comes from something that's beyond meichen. Here you're saying, Fakerta, the Achtos is in Chachma, and that's why Midian is against Chachma. Fascinating description. What's the whole Indian of Meichen of understanding? It's really to limit everything, to give it a, a definition. Shaydeza Teufus is an Indian Sichli. There's an expression Teufus. What's, what's to be Teufus? You have physically being Teufus something, but there's also intellectually. You say, you're Teufus the Indian, you grab it. So in order to grab something, you need to give it a shape, right? You can't grab infinity. You need to give it a shape. Every tfisa, every grasp, is by grasping the six dimensions of it. Whether Mizrach, Mairav, Dorim, Tzof, and Mata, yeah, I want to grasp. <laughs> I want to grasp something. So it has to have dimensions. It has to have borders. It has to have boundaries. There's this border, there's this border, I can grasp it from this side, from this side, from this side, from this side, from many sides. <laughs> right? Something without borders, without boundaries, without definitions, without limits. How do you capture it? How do you grasp it? <clears throat> Somebody wants to take a picture, yeah? You say, you want to capture the moment. So you, you, need, you need a fixed moment, right? A Kodak moment. All of shalom. But uh, <laughs> the concept is, you, you, you want to hop it in order to be toifus it, 
And that's why Seichel is always about definitions, descriptions. You'll say, the greatest Magid Shiurim, lecturers, teachers, they know how to be Magdir something. What does the word Magdir mean? You know what the word Magdir means? From the word Geder. What's a Geder? You know how to create fences. Fences? Yes, fences. Because infinite expansiveness, it's, 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 in, it's, it's in the world of silence, of transcendence, of Bittal. But you need Oisius. Hagdara needs Oisius. Oisius, define it. And define it clearly. And cut, trim Oisius. It's a letter from the Rambam. He says, I don't have time, so therefore I'm writing a long letter. <laughs> I don't have time, so I'm writing a long letter. Right? It takes much more time to write a short letter. You know, say what you want to say, and say it, and say what you said, and that's it, and sit down. So the whole Indian of Meichen is what? He says, Lahagbil kol dover. Fakert. To put it in, to put it in its own, in its own framework. Magde. Ukamaikin kol inyan shenitfas besechel, ulifisha sechel magbilas hainyan. What we do physically with our hands, our brain tries to do with ideas, with consciousness. It tries to be toifacet, not physically, but intellectually. That's the brilliant process of the brain. So therefore, it always needs to be magbil the inyan. It has to limit it in order for it to make it accessible. I can't put infinite coffee into this cup, because the cup is eight ounces or seven ounces or nine ounces, whatever it is. Huh? Ten? Sorry. <laughs> L'chaim. Was it how you call it coffee if it's infinite? Huh? So that's true with a cup, right? With a physical cup. But there's also a cup here. There's also a cup. <laughs> I want to fit it into my cup. So what does my brain do? My brain captures it. What's mean it captures it? It has to define it. It has to limit it. That's the process called moichin. That's what awareness does. Weiter, further, the whole union of Seichel is, it divides, it dissects. Lefarer means it crumbles. It dissects all the details. This is this detail, this nuance, this detail. It's a real process of dissecting. Just a general picture of something, it's not real understanding. You have to really be typhus it. Granular, beautiful, yeah. It's a granular process. And the more granular you become, the more you get it. The more you grasp it. So Meichin is about Hizchalkos. It's Dafka about grasping, which means you turn it into something that can be grasped. And that's a process. You'll see, for example, infants, children growing up, as their Meichin are developing. We spoke about this once. If you put in a crib an apple or a raisin, or you give the infant a cup, they could look at the apple for 45 minutes. They could turn the raisin around in their finger for an hour and a half and look at it. They could look at the cup and marvel at it. Right? Now give an adult a cup and say, look at the cup. Right? If you give it more than a second, it's already a chiddush. You're checking your phone. <laughs> look at a raisin. Okay, bite it and you eat it. What's there to look at? Why is that? Because we have names for it. The name kills the curiosity. <laughs> I look at it, I know what it is. It's a cup. What's there to look at? It's a cup. You look at the raisin. What's there to look at? It's a raisin, for heaven's sake. The child never knew that it was a raisin. So he looks at it. You understand? By giving something a name, you, you trap it. You trap it. It's a beautiful thing in the world of Meichen. For infinity, it's a tragedy. Because it's where you tell stories and you turn it, you put it into a box. But that's the function of Meichen. That's what it does. That's when you can tell stories, you can build theories, you can build theses, you can make blueprints. It's a blessing. But it's also, we have to realize, it turns everything into a defined reality. It's a story. It is what it is. In our lives, yeah, our experiences are our experiences. But it's the stories we tell about our experiences that really have the greatest impact. The experience is the experience, but how do you process it? That's the key. What's the story that you tell about it?
But animals are not so good at telling stories. <laughs> it's not their chush. They don't have these, this type of brain. They have a brain, but it functions in a different way. Human beings are brilliant at telling stories. That's what we do. From a very young age, we learn to capture everything. We give it meaning, we give it definition. It's beautiful, but it also could be a trap. Because it takes infinity and it puts it, puts it into finiteness. The Maral writes, and the Balatanya explains, Moshe was kvat peh or kvat loshen. He couldn't speak. Why? So it's because what happened to his mouth, he had a speech impediment. The Medrash tells a story with the coal, the gold and the coal. Alpinista devartis, because Moshe comes from the world where you can't articulate it in words, because ain't soif, you don't articulate. The moment you articulate it, it's already not that. It's already a tremendous symptom. It's kvat peh, kvat loshem. The Zoya says, kvat peh, teresh b'ksav, kvat loshem, teresh b'al peh. You want me to do teresh b'ksav, I can't do either of it. This is writing, this is speaking, it's not for me. The Maral of Prague writes, it's a very deep word, <laughs> just say the Nekuda of it. It says in Meseches Nida, Daflamed, that a tinek b'mei imoy, Right, the nine months you learn the whole Torah, and there's no time in life that is so blissful. The Gemara says that Adam shari like in the womb of mama, mother, the gedengst, huh? the gedengst. It was nice. You want to go back? The Balatanya. His shver didn't get along with him because he was opposed to chesedus. So he threw him out. He wanted he should get divorced. So he had to leave. It was a place called Vitebsk. The shver passed away. His name was Abihuda Leib Segel. He was very wealthy. So the shviger was alive. And she appreciated her son-in-law. She said, come back and I'll support. So how do you say no to your shviger when you're the Balatanya? How do you say no? I know how other people say no to the shviger, but how do you say no? So this is how he said, he said, he said, the Gemara says that in the womb of the mother is the best time. There's no best time. But once you leave, <laughs> once you leave the womb of the mother, <laughs> right, you don't go back to the womb. <laughs> so he's not coming back. He stayed in Liyash, he didn't go back to Vitebsk. It's in Belarus, White Russia. So the Nekuda is, so he learns kolatayrekula. Then he says, everybody knows the story. When he comes out, what happens? Bam malach, the satrayal piv, right? He gives you a little, uh, whatever the word is, huh? A flick, a schnell in the, a schnell they used to call it. <laughs> yeah, a flick or a little patch, and you forget the whole Torah. So the Maral says, what's pshat? It says, al piv. On top of the mouth, so this is what he writes. The Maral says that this Satri al piv, it's not a physical. The Malach comes and smacks you on the way out, and that's why you start crying because <laughs> you just got a frask. It's the first frask you get in life from an angel. The pshat is Satri al piv, the ability to be able to start speaking with your mouth is what, what's going to make you forget kol ha And the diuk here is kol ha What does it mean that in nine months you learn kol ha How do you learn in nine months kol ha <laughs> People don't learn in 90 years kol ha <laughs> In Ganeid, Moshe Rabbeinu is sitting for 3,000 years already, and just the learning, right? There's no WhatsApp in Ganeidin. So they're learning for 3,000 years. It's ain't safe. So what's that in nine months you learn? Kol kula. You learn a lot. So he says, the diuk is kol kula. You learn the kol of teira. Kol kula means the ain't safe of teira, the infinity of teira that encompasses kol kula. There's a teisefta in Sanhedrin, peyrigvav. Kol ha-teira inyan echot. All of teira is one theme. What, the whole teira is one theme? Really? Muktza? And Edevin, and Shosha Nagach, and Ksuvis, and Chulin, and Tumen Tara, and Brachis. It's all one theme. 
there's a nekuda, kol ha before there's words. But the moment Torah morphs into a place of words, it's not called Torah Kula anymore. Everything has a hagbol, everything has a definition, everything has a description. That's words, that's what words do. It takes infinity, can't deal with infinity. It needs a story, and a story needs a beginning, and a middle, and an end. A shear needs a beginning, a middle, and an end. It needs structure. And structure is all about finiteness, hagbola. So he says, the, the fetus experiences the oneness. It's a different way of processing reality. The, the little baby in the crib looks at a raisin, doesn't see a raisin. What is it? He doesn't have words. That's a glimmer of Ein Soif. As we get older, we have the blessing and the curse. It's both. Not relating to infinity anymore. Everything now has a definition, a description. And that's what Moichen is. So Moshe says, sorry, I'm not, I can't speak. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that for a living. I, it's not my thing. The moment you say it, now I'm talking about this, so it's a little funny, right? You know when people start to talk about how they shouldn't talk? That's basically what I'm talking about. Right? The truth is, that's why silence <laughs> is so much better than talking. You ever notice that? Look who's talking. <laughs> I don't know if you know, there's a Yerushalmi, Rabbi Nuyayna brings it in Shari Tshuva. Bekushi hitiru ledaber divere teire b'shabbos. The Chazal, calm, calm, they were matter to speak words of teire on Shabbos. So the Alter Rebbe says in the Kudu Teire, so was open on Shabbos. He says you should be quiet. <laughs> or you should sing. He says in one place you should sing. Negina. Negina is aliyah sa'olamas. You should sing. Understand what we speak about. You have it. They were mad it, but it's not so posh. Because Shabbos is the Aliyah Sa'ilamis from Gvul to Ein Saif. You relate a little bit to what I'm saying. That raisin, I give it a name. The moment I give it a name, boom, I put a lid on it, it's done. Now, with a raisin, it's not so terrible. <laughs> but when you do it with your life, what's the word for curse in Lashen Kaidish? Bilam uses it, yeah? The word kava, right, is similar to the word kuba, which is a box. Or, noikev shem Hashem mois yumas. What's noikev? Right, kava, cursing. Lavan tells Yaakov, Nakva Alai, you taught Parshas, Nakva Alai Scharchanu, how do you teach in Cheder Nakva? Enumerate, define, define. Why is that a curse? Because when you do that to your life, it's a curse. You define yourself, you put yourself into a box. This is who I am, this is the story. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's a challenge. You know, when, when animals experience a very, a very uh, serious experience, for example, an antelope is being chased by a cheetah, and the cheetah bites into it, but the antelope escapes. We call it trauma, right? The mazel is that the animals don't read our articles. So they don't know what we call it. So they wanted to see if when the antelope comes back to the family, if it has PTSD. It should have PTSD, MS. So they noticed something fascinating. I don't know if you ever read about this. It's interesting. The antelope gets away from the cheetah. For around 30 seconds or a minute or a few minutes, it starts shaking violently. Like, like uh, you think it's having a seizure. It's not. It's shaking. It shakes off the experience. It goes back, it never happened. You know why? It doesn't tell stories. <laughs> Imagine if it start telling a story. Probably my mother hates me. My father also hates me. They probably set me up. The cheetah for sure hates me. God, Mamish hates me. So who am I? 
אמר לו יוצלח שלום מזל שלומי אל נודניק הגונש תפר דבהמה השגץ השתיק שרץ השתיק מנובל המושכוס המטוף The poor, the poor, the poor antelope now goes back to yeshiva and what is it thinking about you, itself? But they don't tell stories. All it knows is that was not comfortable. <laughs> That's I know. That's a sense. It's not comfortable. No stories. Shakes it off. It was not good. It was painful. Boom, next. We tell stories. Nakvalai. So you could tell beautiful stories, but you can also tell different stories. But even when I tell a beautiful story, it's a story. And every story detaches you from the call atayrakula, from the oneness. So this is what the Maral says, you're going to be able to talk about it, it's meshakchikul atayrakula. You don't have access to that oneness, to that ain't soif. And that's what happens often in Yiddishkeit also. It becomes everything about definitions, descriptions. Everything is defined. You don't get the connection to the ain't soif. Because it comes into the words of Dibur. So the definition of Seichel is Hischalkos. What's Hischalkos? You need to grasp it. So you're saying here that Chachm is Bittel and Chachm is Hischalalos. But the whole union of Meichin is Fakert, Hakbala. So he says, He ne kolze ikri b'mayachabina. It's really the difference of Chachma and Bina. Chachma is called Re'iyah. Bina is called Shmiyah. It's like seeing and hearing. What's the difference of seeing and hearing? When you come in, let's say, to a museum or to a house, and you see a beautiful piece of art, what do you see? You see the whole thing in one shot. And then you could stand and analyze details. You see the klal, then you see pratap. When you hear a story, if somebody tells me about the piece of art, what do I hear? Detail after detail after detail. And at the end, I try to construct a picture. The difference of seeing and hearing is, in seeing, you start with the full picture. And then you analyze the details. In hearing, you never start that way. You start with the details, and then you get to the full picture afterwards. So he says, that's the difference of Chachma and Bina. Bina really is all about his chalkos. It's about division. It's about granular dissection. Chachma is also seichel. But the main idea of Chachma is not to grasp it. Chachma is like seeing it. It's the epiphany beyond pratim, beyond details. You'll see the difference of Chachma and Bina in a person's life when you're struggling with an idea. You read something or you have a dilemma and you're trying to figure it out and it's not going in. Right? We spoke about this a few times, the Maimur of Kairach, V'Ovid HaLevi Hu. So what happens? Suddenly you're walking in the street and you have this epiphany. This, this lightning goes off in your brain, right? They call it a light bulb moment. It's like a, a flash of wisdom, flash of inspiration. And there's clarity. You, you, you have that feeling, it's like, Ooh! that's it oh what 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 I can't talk about it yet it overtakes you then there's Bina Bina is developing the idea structuring it then you could talk about it in Bina you'll never have the same clarity and light that you had in Chachme in fact most people you always try to go back to that moment but if you didn't write it down and usually it's very hard to write down because it's like a lightning it comes and goes you're never going to have that clarity because in Chachme it's not that you got it. It got you. <laughs> Chachma is the moment of Bittal where your intellectual ego surrenders and therefore there could be a flow from the superconscious into the conscious and you grasp it because there was no you. And therefore there's no division in Pratim. Bina is Fakert. Bina is where you reassert your intellectual identity and you become the definer of the idea. You compartmentalize it, you grasp it. He says that's the difference. Chachma is more the experience which is beyond Pratim. It's beyond Hischalkos. It's beyond Tfisav Hasaga. It's the idea, but the way the idea transcends particularities and, and details and words. And Bina, that's already where there is Tfisa, where there's an intellectual ego that defines everything and turns it into a granular experience where you dissect it into nuances, into details. It's like building a structure. That's the difference of Chachma and Bina. 
So when you say Moichen wants to be Magbil everything, that's Bina. Chachma Fakert. Chachma is the bitl to the idea beyond trying to turn it into a, a specific, specific story. And that's why Chachma, he says, that's what opposes Midian. But there's another Nekudah here. You, 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 get, you get the Nekudah? That's the name of Chachma and Bina. Bina is Tfisa and Chachma is Bitl. And that's why Chachma doesn't, doesn't sustain itself. It happens and it's gone. Because it happens in a space where there's no I. It's like you lose yourself. You're mesmerized by it. You forfeit your identity in it. Yeah. Right. I'm talking about shmiya of ideas. If somebody tells me a story or an idea, it's detail by detail. I'm listening, I'm listening. It's like you're listening to a class, right? So you hear one detail, another line, another line. And at the end, you put it all together and you create a picture. In, in seeing, it's the opposite. You start with the picture. It's like, oh, wow. You see it all. You see one picture. In Bina, you hear details, and from the details, you create one picture. In Chachma, you see one picture, and then later you're going to dissect it into details. One is Klal, and one is Prat. Yeshli Koil, Yeshli Rav. Koil is Iskalalus, integration. And that's always connected to Bittl, because it's going away from the formulation of reality into finite tfisa, which is a form of yeshus. Yeshus in a very subtle sense here. We're not talking, bin is not about insecurity, but it's the concept of yeshus where it needs to have its separate identity. And that's what finiteness is. V'oidzes is another nekuda. The p'chines is chalkus hazoiz dechachma v'seichol harei tachlisa huayis kalalus dafka. There's something even deeper. The real purpose of the granular divisions and fa- compartmentalizations of Seichel, the ultimate purpose is to create integration. There's two types of Ischalkos. Ischalkos means from the word chaluka, right? Yachloiku, division. The word machloikus comes from this. What's machloikus? Division, strife. There's two types of divisions. There's two types of dissecting, of creating different parts, ischalkos, to be mechalek, to split. Which is the whole idea of what we said, what bin is, to split. To define, to dissect, to compartmentalize. It has two different reasons. There's ischalkos division that causes separate separation, fragmentation, strife. That's one type of ischalkus. He's going to give a marshal that he's going to get back to later. It's going to be a little bit of a difficult marshal, but let's think. Koiches atzmim means innate characteristics of a person. When you divide them to the point that they're not connected, if you go to the core of Chesed, it's self-contained. You go to the core of Gvur, it's self-contained. We learned this once in a Maim and Torah at length about Nakudim, Nakudim, Brudim, if you remember. But here is the Nakudim. What happened in Tayu was, every Midah came out in its full rawness. And in its full rawness, it had no space for anything else. No compromise. I am reality. Chesed is reality. There's no space for Gvura. Gvura says, I am reality. There's no space for anything else. And that's why they collided with each other, because they could not deal with each other. So that's where Hischalkos creates a period, you are you, and that you becomes the whole center. I am mine, that becomes the whole center. So we have to split. That's to be a period. We cannot coexist in the same home or in the same mental space or in the same reality. There's another type of hischalkos, another type of, of division that actually creates unity. 
When you take one thing and you dissect it, and you see all the details, then it creates more unity. When two things are separate, so when you divide them, you just see that they're separate. <laughs> We're not connected. But if it's one thing, and you bring out the various details and nuances and components in a granular fashion, this hischalkos actually creates much more unity, creates much more hischalkos, much more achtos. You understand what he's saying here? Sometimes hischalkos is the best thing for achtos. <laughs> Depends if it's two things or it's one thing. If it's two things... So they're, they're really separate. So as long as you don't divide them, you camouflage the separateness. If you get into details, you see, oh, 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 this is this, this is this. If it's one thing, you don't need to camouflage the oneness by making them the same. They're one. So fakert, by having each one identify its prat, so they stop competing with each other, they could become more one. The unity could become much stronger, much more authentic. Much deeper because it's davar echad. Maybe a very simple example for this is he's going to say it a little later in learning. In learning, in the yeshivisha world, they always say the pchayim briske, the pchayim salavechik, the briske derech was always to be mechalik. Das is adin in the gavra, and das is adin in the chefza. Yeah. Das is Adin in the Mazik, and das is Adin in the Nizik. Shnei yeah. Dinim, meaning, Reb Chaim's method is you have contradictions. So that means they're fighting with each other. Two Rambams that don't agree. They're fighting with each other. Do you hold this? Do you hold this? So what do you do? So you need you need a schalkos. You need to dissect it. And you need to show and get to the core of it, and then you see they're not fighting. Here you're addressing one Nakuda, here you're addressing another Nakuda. So by creating this Hischalkos, you actually created Achtos. You created unity. The Rambam is not contradicting himself. The Gemara is not contradicting itself. Here the Hischalkos, it allows everything to have its own space. And we're not against each other. You have this space, I have this space. The Hischalkos makes the Achtos. Take it in terms of a relationship. When you're really one, you never have to be afraid of Hischalkos. Fakert. It's going to bring out much more the Achtos because you'll see the role that everyone plays. Let's talk, for example, in, in arguments between people, right? A couple. Do they always agree? Somebody says, I'm going to have an amazing marriage. You know why? Somebody once told me, I'm never going to disagree with my wife. And I already see that my wife never disagrees with me. I smiled, but I was thinking, you know, good luck. Come back in a couple of years. He was a chassan. She finishes my sentences, I finish her sentences. Well, it's a beautiful thing, no? Shouldn't you tell every chassan and kala, go into your marriage and never disagree with each other? It's beautiful. But there's a problem. What's the problem? The problem is, that means that it's a superficial oneness. Because you do have a different personality than me. So the disagreement is not coming from negativity. Beshameh and Beshilal. You want them to agree about everything. Unless somebody amputates their identity... You can't agree about everything. Why are there so many debates in Mishnayis and Gemara? Why couldn't they just agree? Shalom! Achdus! Achdus! It's the three weeks! Achdus! Stop arguing! Bishamai! Stop it! Can't any page of Gemara, can't they stop arguing? Rav Shmuel! Come on! Chavre! Achdus Yisrael! It's the three weeks. Look over Tisha above. Wait till after Sukkot. You'll start fighting again. They don't stop. Rav and Shmuel and Abiyachan and Ishlakish. 
on a bay and rover and a bioisa from the blackman, the vinner and the vashi. And a bakiva, the may, the bioisi, the beauty, the pshimen, the pshamay, basil. What's the pshat? So it says in Prikyov, it's called machlaikus, she lashem shamayim, soifal is skyim. Machlaikus, for the sake of heaven, is going to endure. So the Maral writes, he has a pitish in Prikyov, is derechayim. The Maral, Maral of Prague. So he says, the machlaikus is lashem shamayim. What's part of Lashem Shamayim? It's part of their connection to Shamayim. Soifal is We're not afraid of it. We're not afraid of it. Beishamai's neshama came from Gvura. It says in Zohar. Beishilu's neshama came from Chesed. They have to disagree. It's not authentic if they disagree. If Beishamai and Beishilu say, let's make peace, it's not authentic. Beishamai is not being Beishamai. Beishilu is not being Beishilu. They're covering up their differences by creating a mask of unity. It's a camouflage. What's bad? What's bad about it? Push it. If one day you want to be authentic <laughs> and you come out, what's going to be? You look, I can't get along with you. Have a good day. What makes a relationship powerful is we actually disagree with each other. We don't agree. Huh? But, but we disagree. We disagree. When you're really one, you don't have to be afraid of Ischalkos. When you're not one, then you have to be afraid of Ischalkos. You know why? Because if you don't camouflage the oneness, <laughs> it's going to reveal the truth. We're not one. We're separate. If you're one, Ischalkos is a maila. This has this nekuda, this has this nekuda. You bring this to the table. If partners are working in a company, an investment, everyone says exactly the same thing. It's the worst thing for the company. You have different people around the table, yeah? This one is a creative type. This one is more conservative, right? This one is risky. They takes risks. This one doesn't want to take risks. And they argue with each other, and every person brings their soul and their identity. So it creates a much bigger picture. And it creates much more, it's more beneficial for every person. And each one gains much more from the other person because you broaden my horizons and I broaden your horizons. That machlaikis you don't want to get rid of. It's not a bad machlaikis. It's not a negative one. Fakert. It creates much more iskalalus because we don't have to butt heads with each other because you shine in this area, I shine in this area. It's like in a body, in a goof. Imagine all the limbs say, it's time to make achdos. Let's all do the same thing. <laughs> What's going to happen to the goof? <laughs> you can call the chavr kadisha. By everybody doing their thing, it doesn't create pirud. It creates achdos. <laughs> it creates unity. Everyone can appreciate each other, respect each other, gain from the other. It's like a symphony, a jigsaw puzzle. Each piece is different. And that's what makes the, the achtos, that's what makes the mosaic, the tapestry. You typhus, you understand the nakuda. In Taihu, every sphere came out in its full rawness, screaming, infinity, I am infinite, I have no space for you. They're, they become separate. That was the tragedy of Taihu. Akudim is the world where all the spheres are one. Why are they one? Because Hashem is, transcends form. In Toihu, Nikudim, each one came out, but embodying infinity, so each one became infinite, so I have no space for you. In Brudim, there's integration, because they recognize that each one of them is part of an infinite whole, and you're one manifestation of it. So we're really one. It's different states of consciousness. That's the success in every relationship, in every real life, whether it's a friendship or a marriage. The success is you have to realize we're one. And when we're one, Hiskalkus becomes an asset. It becomes a sidbe for Hiskalalus. It's also true in Avodah Hashem. The Alter Rebbe, they called him Alitvak. One of the things is, he was very into Hiskalkus. In Avodah Hashem, Everything has, you have to know the differences. <laughs> it's very easy to fool yourself in Avodah Hashem. Right? When there's no Hizchalkos. 
When there's no Hizchalkos, what's Pshat? Hizchalkos means there's no understanding of the different details, of the different aspects, of the different parts. So then it becomes one big blunder. And in that big blunder, you could fool yourself and you could fool others. Huh? No respect. For what? Huh? There's no respect, you say. Kavod. Yeah. People could confuse, for example, self-avoidance with spiritual enlightenment. You know the difference? I'm trying to avoid my pain by covering up, by covering up and saying, I'm spiritually enlightened, so I don't feel any pain. It's a very, very subtle confusion. And it's a dangerous confusion. Because the spiritual enlightenment is fake. It's just trying to run away from pain. I'm struggling with something, but I can't deal with it, so I cover it up with this blissful sense of unity and oneness that's really superficial. Because a person needs to have his chalkos. You have to be able to know, this is this part of my brain, this is this part of my brain, this is this part of my identity, this is this part of my identity. And then there could be real, there's a much deeper unity because you're dealing with the truth of it. It becomes authentic. Because every prat brings out another real nekuda, so this real achdos. Without it, it's more like everything is glazed over with the camouflage of oneness, and when you take that away, there's chaos. Which is why many people don't want to go to that place of ischalkos. Because ischalkos brings out the truth of everything. And when the truth of everything comes out, now the question is, are you one or you're not one? If you're one, bringing out the truth of everything is going to be tremendously beneficial because the splintering is going to create a much deeper unity that's authentic, that's real. But if it's not really one, it's the worst thing for me. It's very dangerous. So you just want to make a cover-up of oneness. When you're really one, you can have different nekudas, faket, the different point of views, amachazak. You don't have to be afraid. That's why real unity happens only when you could confront those points where you disagree most. That's where the deepest unity. In, in, in a marriage, the deepest unity happens when the couple confronts those aspects that's driving them apart most. You understand what I'm saying? Over there. Because if you can create, you know, <laughs> they say... Uh, the unity can only happen after the first disagreement. <laughs> if there's no rupture, if there's no way of dealing with rupture in a relationship, so it's not a relationship. There's going to be rupture with two people unless we're fake. Unless we're going to be, you know, zombies. If you're going to be real people, there's going to be rupture. There's going to be machloikas. So what? You're still one. But are you going to be able to heal that rupture? Are you going to be able to bring yourself together from that rupture? Then you'll have a much deeper achdos. Because the achdos will really be holistic and authentic and, and deep. But if at my core I'm separate from you, and I don't trust you, rupture is the worst thing. Which is, by the way, by the way, some people avoid conflict like the devil. It looks like a beautiful thing, right? Achtos, achtos, achtos. Sometimes it's very dangerous. The reason I'm avoiding it is because if I stay present in the argument, I'm going to die. Because at my core, I'm isolated. So I can't trust that I and you can be present in the argument and emerge as a deeper team. I can't. I'm in isolation. So the moment there's an argument, it's a death sentence. So I have to run and avoid it like the devil and just smile. Inside, I'm dead. Does anybody relate to what I'm saying? This is not about being a mitzvah to be confrontational. Chas v'shalom, fakert. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not butting heads, you know, with, with horns. It's the respect of conversation of... Yeah. The Mishnah says in Yevamis, 
Tafyud Gimel, Bishamim Basil, they argued about serious things, Arayas, in Yanam of Mamzeris. According to one shit, his child is a Mamzer. Still, they never stopped loving each other and marrying each other's families and eating by each other's houses, even though your house is tenef, from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, not with one. Faket, that's the opposite. You know, this fight and this flight. It's the same thing. I fight you again because I'm so isolated that if I don't fight you, I'm dead. So either I run away and I avoid any confrontation like the devil because it's too scary and I want peace. And the reason I want peace is because I cannot have peace together with you. The peace remains very, very lonely. So the moment you emerge, I have to run or I have to crush it. But it's the same idea. You know the t-shirt, I'm easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. Right? <laughs> so either I avoid it like the devil, or I have to, I have to fight it, I have to destroy it. I, I must crush it. Why? Because <laughs> I can't be present in this state. The, the, the hischalkus is too dangerous. Because there is a rupture in my core. In my core I'm isolated. Back to the place of Yeshus. I am lonely. I'm not part of the infinite. So we're not one. We're enemies. It's a tragic state. It's an emotionally very difficult state. But I want to be at peace. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I don't want to fight. So either I avoid or I crush or I freeze. Fight, flight, freeze. But they're all responses to this inner sense of period. In a place of real oneness, in a place of real oneness, Right? Fakert, his chalkos is completely fine. That's what he says. One thing, when it's davar echad k'shemechalkem oiselidu b'pratim, his chalkos azoyis he sibas ha'achdos. You understand? Two things, when you mechalik them, oh my God, we're going to see the truth. Don't be mechalik. Let it be one big challenge, one big, in learning also. In order to be mechalik, you have to be able to trust the process. You have to be able to have a mind of oneness. Then you could trust the process. You could say, let's be mechalic. Don't worry about it. When it's one, there's trust. You can go much deeper, much deeper. And the same is in Avodah Hashem. If you believe in the ultimate vision of Achtos in yourself, get into the details. Be mechalic. And then you'll come to a much, much more real and more authentic Achtos. So therefore, this is the second Akuda, that the ultimate objective of the Meichen, to be mechalic is not to be mechalik, it's to be ma'achet. To be ma'achet from a place of pratim. Obviously in the world of infinity you don't need this because it's all oneness. But in the place of pratim, if you want to create achtus, it's only through his chalkos. Because if not, it just becomes a superficial unity. Okay, we'll take a break here. And Be'ezir Hashem, the next year is going to be Monday morning. What's today? Thursday. The show will be Monday morning, 7.45. We'll continue if Vov. Have a beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.